and welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. You can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trenton365. Um, anyone who spends any time with me knows that I am a, like, I'm a book junkie. Like, I've got so many books. I mean... I, I like turning pages, like the, the terms, like I'm a page turner, like the digital stuff is cool, but I'm a page turner and I'm super stoked. I've got Rashad Malik Davis in the studio again, and um, this is his latest book. We're going to be talking about this uh, in uh, quite a bit in a little bit, but um, for those of you who are interested in books and in literacy, there are so many different things that are happening in the region to encourage that. And um, I want you to reach out to me. Um, first of all, I'd encourage you to check out do a social media search for Library Boxes of Trenton. That's a project that I started where we're giving out thousands of books for free throughout the city of Trenton in upcycled, repurposed newspaper boxes. And we're doing that in partnership with Classics Books and Gifts and a whole bunch of others. So any Trenton student can get used books for free from Classics Books and Gifts, and they're open, you know, most days of the week, and I encourage you to check them out. But if you need more information, just do a search for Library Boxes of Trenton on the internet or on Facebook, and there you can see some of the different links. But I say that because this is how I met Rashad. I met Rashad through um, Eric Thomas, who is a musician, a jazz musician, who I do some work with, with Regis Entertainment. He said, look, there's this wonderful young man who's an artist, and he's an author, and he's putting, putting together his book, his first book. And I was like, wow, all right, cool, let's have him into the studio. And then I saw his first book and, and fell in love with him as a person. And when you get a chance to see him, this interview, you're going to be blown away. He, his smile's infectious. His personality is great. Um, but he's doing some amazing things with uh, cultural diversity and talking about, um, and you know, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to leave that to you. Without any further ado, welcome back, Rashad Malik Davis. Thank you. Thank you. I, I need like a little you to motivate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if, if anything I can do, to support you and help you and motivate you, you got it. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. I want to say, I want to tell you, um, I saw you, I, I, you were at an event at, um, I think it was the, um, the West Campus of Trenton Central uh, or Trenton High School a couple of years back. Right, and, right. And you were so in the midst of all the students and the parents and you're bubbly and you're doing all these things and you're talking and you got your stacks of books and you're selling books and you're doing all this wonderful stuff and I'm just sitting there looking in amazement like, he doesn't even know that I'm here. <laughs> and I'm like, I wish I had it on video because that's the kind of thing that I think that if you saw it later, it would energize you every time. Mm, um, thank you. Uh, you're so welcome. So, and folks, I apologize because we're like old friends here, so we're just kind of rolling all talking. I need to bring it back, get it into some sort of a space so people can understand. So, author Rashad Malik Davis, yes. sir, welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about um, your books. Yes, if we can say plural yeah, now. Books, now your books. books. So. I, I know you've always been interested in art, and, yes. and your mother was super supportive and encouraging you with um, your creativity, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Can you just hash that up, that story? Uh, sure, sure. I, I um, uh, Again, I, I grew up primarily uh, with my mother and my aunt uh, through most of my life, and both of them, um, Brenda and Angela, bo both were instrumental in getting me... Uh, you know, in, invested in the arts as a career, you know, and it was it was really me who kind of 
I tried to push it away initially. I, I was very afraid of pursuing a career in the arts. You know, the stereotype is the starving artist, and, you know, I like to eat, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that was going to be a problem. But um, what I didn't know was that several years later, this would be my career. So, um, you know, my, my mother and my aunt, uh, we, growing up, I grew up in a musical home. Um, so my mother can sing, my aunt can sing. And we got that from my great-grandfather um, and my grandfather subsequently, who all were musical. Um, so I started out with that, but I realized that I had a passion for visual arts as well. And I decided to continue with it. Um, and just to kind of fast forward a bit, it wasn't until college, as soon as I was graduating, that I realized that this was kind of what I wanted to do. And then it wasn't until um, I was working in, uh, when I was working at Merrill Lynch, I loved the job, but realized that I wasn't feeling fulfilled, that I decided to make this my full, full-time career and go back to grad school and then subsequently move into uh, entrepreneurship as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's been it's been a it's been a crazy crazy road, but um it's gotten me here, which has been beautiful. Mm-hmm. And and I want to tell you again, folks, I'm gonna hold this book up carefully, like me. This is chapter two, and uh, I know you can't really see it too too well, um, but there's definitely ways for you to see it online, and we're gonna get into all that in a bit. Um, but being an artist and um, making a transition to an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and actually saying, hey, I, I want to be an author. Right. That's right. not like it. It's not like that. <laughs> right. you know. It, there's a whole series of things. And for those of you who are um, feel that entrepreneurial spirit welling up in you, just realize that it's natural to have that euphoria and then those low times. Yes. And then somewhere in between is where you settle. Can you just share about your personal experiences with that? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's been no joke. I, 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 I started out um, very fiery, and I, I still am very fiery about it. Um, but I knew I knew my goals. I knew what I wanted to do, and I felt called to really heal through the arts um, and specifically through storytelling. So, you know, I think for entrepreneurs, having your why is pretty important because if it's just money, um, it's not enough to, to sustain you. You need something um, either morally, ethically, socially, whatever. I'm kind of pushing you along to get through um, those hard times because in the hard times, money chasing money just won't be enough. Um, but, you know, um, and I, I apologize, I, I got so caught up in that. Uh, the, the question was, how did uh, I kind of navigate being an entrepreneur? Yes. Yeah, so. Well, I want to stop you because, again, folks, this is kind of like a friendship conversation. You all just happen to be in on right. it. <laughs> but, 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 but what I was getting at was, you know, there's a lot of emotion behind yeah. making these choices and these decisions. Yeah. And even though you're you're creative and you have talent and you have skills and people are supporting you, that's always not that's what you want and what you need, but that isn't right. always doesn't always translate to actually writing the book. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the the process of actually writing the book and getting it out is a lot more arduous than, you know, people would assume you know it's 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 a children's book so it's it's bright it's colorful it's fun um but the emotional highs and lows that come with it uh can be pretty uh daunting because when you're writing the book you you know that you like it um and when you're producing it you know that you like it but um the process of getting it printed getting it published and then trying to get people interested and invested in your idea is really tough um you know, trying to convince people online, like, hey, my book matters amongst the millions and billions of other books that are out there is tough. Um, and, and not just that, like the the amount of 
the, 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 the toll that it takes on you. So for me, jumping into entrepreneurship meant that I had to sacrifice a lot. Um, and that my, my sacrifice was financial in particular. So I, I had to step away from a full-time gig and step into this role. And what that meant was that I had to be on food stamps for a few months. Um, and that's, not, that's the non-glamorous side of it. But that, that was the reality is that I needed help. Um, but I, I think that when you are an entrepreneur, uh, you surround yourself with people who are willing to kind of fill in those gaps for you um, and people who are most often in the same boat and you kind of lift each other up. And for me, I thankfully had my family and I had folks like you, um, and of course, and I, I had a whole network of people who were just like, yes, I believe in you. Let's push you. And that got me to where I am now. So I am, you know, um, I don't want to say nothing, but I am indebted to the people around me who believed in my dream enough to let me grow, you know, mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur. That's awesome. Yeah. Share your contact information before the break. Yeah, sure. So my um, website is www.ramalik, R-A-M-A-L-I-K, and then illustrations.com. Uh, my Instagram is the same, ramalik underscore illustrations. Uh, Twitter is at Rashad, R-A-S-H-A-D-M Davis, and Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Ramalik illustrations. Fantastic. I've yes. got Rashad Malik Davis in the studio in the second portion of the program. We're going to be talking about his latest book, Carefree Like Me, Chapter 2, <laughs> Sakra the Joyous. And we're going to be talking about like the story behind it. And you're going to be interested to hear um, that this isn't just some characters he kind of threw together and made up. But stay tuned. You're listening and watching the Triton 365 show, and we'll be back after a short break. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show in the studio with me is this segment. I'm moving kind of fast because we were talking like friends over coffee <laughs> earlier. But I've got author Rashad Malik Davis. He's also an illustrator and his book is Carefree Like Me, Chapter 2, Sakura the Joyous. And uh, for those of you who um, are interested, um, please, uh, you can find him the book on Ramalik Illustrations with an S dot com. And on Twitter, it's Rashad M. Davis. And on Instagram, it's R-A Malik, M-A-L-I-K space illustrations. And all those links will be up on the Trenton 365 social media pages later on. So, um, Rashad, let's talk about the the idea of, of the writing the book and where the characters came from. Mm. Because to me, that, that's also fascinating. In fact, how you were able to pull all of them together. Sure. Um, so, with... The series in general, I wanted to bring in ancient civilizations because uh, I was an anthropology major, so that was literally all. <laughs> that was all I did. Um, but for this sec <clears throat> for the second book, I wanted to focus on uh, a native culture, something um, that we don't really see much of, unfortunately. I, I think indigenous people in the Americas just typically aren't seen, um, and I, I wanted to highlight that just because one, I felt like there was that lack of visibility, at least in the mainstream. Um, and then two, I felt like as I was researching, this was an incredible civilization and their descendants um, have continued that legacy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, w with this book, I wanted to highlight uh, not just that ancient culture, but I also wanted to talk about the motion of sadness, right? So uh, each book in the series um, deals with a different um, ancient civilization, but also a different emotion. So. Um, the, the main character, Sacra, essentially, she's going through depression. So kids will see this as sadness. They'll see it as she's feeling blue. But adults will readily understand it as depression. She is um, 
she's the one who provides wind, rain, water to her people, um, but when she loses her joy, she's unable to do this. So she becomes kind of apathetic. And, you know, I, I think the emotion of sadness is something that we try to push away, it's something that we don't like to deal with, but it's natural, it's beautiful, and it allows us to heal through whatever we need to pay attention to. Um, so the second book is really a celebration of not just uh, our feelings and our emotions, but also the indigenous cultures of Mexico and the Americas in general, um, who are still here today, um, but also their, their ancestors as well. So it's, it's been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And from our first meeting, when you were telling me about the idea, I thought it was brilliant how you were able to create something that was such a strong message. Thank you. But to package it together in a, in a way that was in a children's book, so to speak, but to be able to really resonate with parents. Because I think one of our first conversations was about imagining parents reading this to their children, right. but also it resonating with them about their lives as well. Was that the whole idea from the beginning? It, it was. I, I wanted to get uh, not just kids, but adults excited about understanding their inner life because... Um, you know, we, we spend so much time go, 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 and, and our culture doesn't, at least American culture, I, I will specifically say, um, doesn't really allow for much time to process and, and enough time to um, really develop your emotional life. And I found that writing this book, adults were coming to me and being like, oh, this is huge. Like, I, I, I didn't know that I was doing this. I, di I didn't know that I had this pattern. Um, and so... At that point, I was like, "Whoa, th th this is this is major because I'm able to reach not only children but adults who also can get stuck in emotional patterns that for years that they don't know about." Um, so it, it's beautiful, and you know, with, with this book, at the end, um, what I didn't do in the first one is that I included a, a section, a kind of like emotional comprehension question. So one of them is like. Uh, we all feel sadness. How do you process sadness? Do you spend alone? Do you need alone time, or do you do you need to talk it out? Um, and these are just simple exercises that you can do to understand how you process grief, how you process sadness, um, which is really the focus of this book. Mm -hmm. You know, in in your first book, um, one of the things that I took from that was that it's it's not really like pushing in you in any particular direction. It's almost giving you an okay to. Be yourself and, and you. to understand those emotions. Is that how Carefree Like Me Chapter 2 works as well? It is. It is. And I, I intentionally designed it that way because I didn't want, um, I didn't want to feel preachy. I, I didn't want to uh, have somebody read the book and then say, oh, I feel like he's shoving this down my throat. It, it's, it's more so this is the story. This is how these particular children are dealing with it. Um, and it invites you to a dialogue with yourself and 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 your kids. Um, it, it's 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 more it's designed to be more of an invitation than it is a, a directive, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I, I like having the the questions at the end because it's open ended and it allows kids to really think. Oh, how do I act when I'm sad? Like, what what do I do when um, I'm feeling sad? How do I process that? How do I communicate with people? Um, and again, the whole series is designed that way to be an invitation to talk. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know that I asked you this before um, when you were on the first go round for the book. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I know you got chapter three. I, I, I've got I've got like a, 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 an outline. I've got that all set up and I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get it together now. Um, and one thing I will spoil for that book is that it's dealing with anger. Uh, but also um, I'm finding that each book 
is uh, a natural progression artistically for me. Mm -hmm. So um, what I'm what what I've been doing with each book is incorporating like motifs and symbols from each culture, and so and art styles. So this one was very stone and uh, kind of brick based, since that's what the Aztecs used often. Uh, but and jade. Uh, but what I'll be doing for the next book uh, is doing that in kind of like a watercolor style, since in ancient China um, they used a lot more water-based art style. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about the characters. Yes. Um, and, and I want you to give uh, the background of the characters mm -hmm. and um, how that relates to your actual life. Sure, sure. So um, Amir and Nina are the kind of stars of the series, right? So they're two best friends, and it's based on me and my best friend. Um, so Amir is me. He's the one who's very hard on your sleeve. Uh, what you see is what you get kind of acts impulsively and thinks with his heart instead of his head sometimes, uh, which works for him until it doesn't. And then for, <laughs> and then for Nina, um, just like my best friend, she's very type A, she's very driven, she's very logical. She's the one who kind of balances the duo. Well, they both balance each other. Um, and so those are the two stars of the series in general. Uh, but the main characters in this book are uh, Sacra, uh, who is the she's the the goddess who kind of oversees the realm mm -hmm. and she's the one who's going through depression essentially she's the one who um normally is lively she's a, she's if, if not always happy she's always pr able to provide her motherly -ness to her people but she loses that when she loses her ability to feel joy um and she's the, all the people are kind of like half eagle half people mm -hmm. um so there's kind of like a, a fantasy realm to it and then the other main character is the i guess he's kind of like a a priest of sorts um he talks to her and he tries to get her to come down um through different means but she won't come down so it's 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 all it's all it's all wrapped up in this epic adventure but <laughs> all right great now um you know this book, um, chapter two and chapter one, also introduces uh, a variety of cultures yes. um, to the reader and also to the viewer. Um, can you share why is that so important and why are you uh, uh, switching up each book for that reason? Yeah, so, you know, I, I found that um, I grew up in a, well, I grew up in Lawrenceville for most of my life and I grew up around and completely surrounded by people from all over the world, which was such a blessing. Um, but I found that in our current political times, it's very easy to point the finger at somebody and be like, oh, you're different, so therefore you're the enemy, or therefore you're the stranger, and then make no effort to actually get to know that person. Yeah. And so this book series um, is literally designed to get kids um, not only familiar with the quote-unquote stranger, um, but to get them thinking about them as people. Um, and I, I think that's where things tend to go awry, is that is, is when we look at each other and we're kind of like, mm, you stay over there, and you don't regard that as your fellow human being. Yes. Um, and, and, and that's what I wanted to do with the series and with these different cultures is to introduce kids to, to the idea in a fun and kind of adventurous way, um, and again, without seeming preachy. Mm -hmm. Now, also, when you say adventurous, um, I, I think that that's a common theme with children's books. And I think that for me, as a child, like, and I'm a big Peter Rabbit fan I have my whole life. Like, and sometimes, you know, I'm Mr. McGregor, and sometimes right, I'm Peter Rabbit, right, you know what I mean? Right, right, but right. the adventurism of, of the, 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 the book and the writing style is what always stimulates me. Um, can you just talk about the adventure portion of your books? Yeah, so um, I, I always like to 
give a sense of a, like a, a little bit of an adrenaline rush, which I imagined <laughs> might be a little tough for a parent reading that re- reading the book to a kid trying to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is the daytime. So you can story. tell you don't have kids, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the question again. I'm so sorry. Of the the uh, adventures yes, in the book. Yes, yeah. the adventure. Right. So in, in this book, um, the the part that I, I will reveal is that um, Ritu, who is kind of like their guide through this world, and he's kind of a trickster spirit. Uh, he says, "You know what? I, you you've got this. I trust this. I, I trust you two to figure it out." And he kind of like leaves them in the middle of a desert to figure it out, and they're kind of like. What do we do now? Um, and it isn't really until Amir notices that there's smoke coming from uh, a portion of the desert that they should follow it. And so I, I always like to keep a sense of mystery, adventure, and like a little bit of risk um, because that creates a sense of um, a, a sense of drive. You 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 want to create um, seemingly impossible odds for characters because mm. then it becomes interesting to your reader. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also want to jump now and talk to you about you as an artist. Mm. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about your book, Carefree Like Me, Chapter 2, Sacred the Joyous, but folks, um, you'll be able to see the links and follow the links on the Trenton 365 social media pages, etc. Um, but you as an artist, as an illustrator, I've been fortunate enough to actually see you um, teaching small classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the ones most recently, I believe it was a superhero um, class that you were teaching over at Artworks Trenton. Yes. Can you talk about that portion of your creativity and your entrepreneurship? Uh, that, that's that's one of my favorite um, aspects of, of being an entrepreneur is that I, I get to share it uh, with the younger generation. And, you know, when I was young, I, I wasn't really surrounded by artists, at least visual artists, and, so, and especially black visual artists. So mm-hmm. I, I had no... Um, conception of this is a career. Um, I, I never imagined that I could be drawing for a living. It just it just wasn't a thing that crossed my mind um, until maybe high school or the end of middle school. And so going into these situations where I can teach is 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 huge because now I can inspire these kids. I can get them um, learning. I can get them thinking actively about technique. Uh, it's really great. And I, I've I've been able to teach at Rutgers, um, at Artworks, at Princeton, uh, the Princeton Arts Council, which I'm doing the book launch at, um, and and just all all of these great opportunities. Opportunities to share with kids have been really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's great, and um, and you're available still. Small groups, private events. If people want to hire you for that, yeah. So uh, I've, I've, things are a little bit tighter now, just because I am working full time at American Reading Company um, during the week. Uh, but on the weekends, I'm, I'm still going to be teaching. I, I am going to be teaching at Artworks in May for a graphic novel course. So that, that that's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's talk about some of the events that you have coming up. We've got about two minutes left. Yeah, so um, coming up on May 11th, I've got my book launch party coming, which is going to be huge. So I've been really fortunate to work with um, three key people. So um, first is Veronica Olivares-Weber. She is um, a community leader, uh, a board member at the Arts Council of Princeton, and um, a teacher there as well. And she's from Mexico and is going to be helping me uh set up for the event and helping me do different um, uh, d- different art activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I connected with Edward 
uh, of, and I, I apologize because I'm, I'm forgetting the exact name, or I can't pronounce it, I should say, but they're an Aztec dance group, so they're going to be performing at this event um, to kind of connect the fantasy with the reality of who these people are and their and their descendants, and Jennifer Cohen, um, who is doing PR for the event um, and is like my uh, fairy godmother, <laughs> so she's going to be uh, helping out with that as well, and it's, it's, it's really great. Uh, it's going to be food, music, um, and a live performance by the indigenous Aztec group and art activities. So, oh, and a live reading at 1230. That's fantastic. Yeah. So um, it was a pleasure to have you back. You'll come back again? Yes. All right, so yes. we'll have you back actually just before the May event to promote this as well. We'll That'd schedule that right away. All perfect, right. perfect. All right. Thank you so much as always. Thank you so much. All right. Rashad <laughs> Malik Davis, author, um, Carefree Like Me, Chapter 2, Sacra the Joyous, is available, or actually, when you come to the launch, May 20, excuse me, May 11th from 10 to 12 at Princeton Arts Council. All this information will be on the Trenton 365 Facebook page. And come check me out, too, and I'll make sure that you get a chance to meet Rashad Malik Davis in person. Have a great night, folks. Thanks for listening and watching the Trenton 365 show.